Good morning, Grace Church family. It's good to be with you. Just before I share some things that are, have been on my heart lately, just let me pray. Thank you, dear Lord, that you are a knowable God. You are our sovereign creator, yet you're our loving father and our friend. We thank you for the written word, the Bible, but we thank you Jesus, that you are the living word. Holy Spirit, would you quicken our hearts this morning and grant us understanding. We ask that you would take us deeper into Jesus. And we ask these things in his name. Amen. I have titled this morning's message as How's Your Walking Going? It may seem a strange topic, but it's come out of... Um, uh, just my journey over recent weeks. Nearly three months ago, I had a heart attack. And following up from that, um, the rehab team would ring and ask me the question, so how's your walking going? Because that's one of the things that needed to do to get the, the heart uh, repairing and getting back into good health again. So how's your walking going? But today I want to talk about another kind of walk. And it is to do with how are you traveling? How are you walking through this difficult time? Now, you've probably heard it said time and time again, we are living in unprecedented times. There's much uncertainty. There's fears for some people. There's losses. Daily, we hear reports of more cases or um, some people dying. We hear things where people have got this opinion or that opinion. We're con constantly being bombarded with different numbers, different statistics, different information, and we're having to hold things very loosely. It's very hard to make plans. And that's just on the COVID front. In the world scene, there's, both been, there's also been very many other major things. There's been earthquakes, there's been fires, there's been floods, there's been wars. There's been persecutions, there's been refugee crises. The list goes on and on. And to go with all of this, we're being bombarded by information. I call it information overload. And we could spend endless time just researching, listening to all the news. And it's just, it's just quite overwhelming at times. And at God's people, we have to process all this. There's so much polarisation, different views. And so how do we, as God's people, process it? How do we navigate through this daily um, change of things that are happening? Where does our faith fit in? Where is God in all this? How much do we involve ourselves into it and, and um, find out things? Do we just hide from it? And how do we react to those who think differently from us? And even in church circles amongst Christians, we have different views. And I often think it's so easy to have a cut and dried, nice, tidy faith when things are going well. It's also, as a church family, very easy to love one another when we all think alike. But that's not the case. So, how do we cope with all the things that are going on for us? How do we also, as a church family, Navigate the things of such as restrictions, meeting together. What's the future going to look like? Um, what do we keep on doing? What do we leave behind? 
Now, the church this year has had as its theme, going deeper in Jesus. And I think what an appropriate theme, because as we learn to live and process these things under God, we can't help but go deeper in Jesus. We have also had going alongside this, the theme of loving one another. Well, actually, the one another's of the Bible. How to honour one another, how to submit to one another, how to bear one another's burdens. So many one another's in the Bible. And so these one another's, practising these one another's, help us flesh out what it means as a Christian to yeah, get along with each other in this current season. And while it's been great to have Zoom, it's enabled some connectedness, there is a limit to it, as we, as we know. There's a limit to how much connectedness you can have on that Zoom. But I think that as we grow in the one another's, there's a connectedness that happens within the body, and that's what's, what's so great. So back to the question. How are you going? How are you walking through all this? We've had all these lockdowns and there's been a lot of negatives. There's been a lot of less of and number. I'm not going to go through them all because you're very much aware of what it's meant for you to be in lockdown. For some, it's been quite chaotic. For some, quite significant losses. For others, probably not as bad, but it varies across the spectrum. But I found myself recently just reflecting on not the less the more the less ofs but the more ofs what have I been doing more of and as I've been listening into some of the conversations on zoom as I've been talking to different people I've become aware of some of these more ofs that have been happening in our lives there's more exercise we can do that there's been more home renovating or improvement there's been some spring cleaning. There's been some house painting. Some of you have done more reading. Some of you have done more gardening. Some of you have done more photos. Some of you have done photo books. There's just been so many more ofs. And for my situation, I was thinking about what have I been doing more of? And one of the things that I've been doing more of has been writing up some of my notes um, a few years ago, I did this series with the church in Naruma of Bible characters. I wrote this series to be interactional and um, uh, all age related. And we looked at these Bible characters. But as a subtitle to um, this series was the words by faith or by sight. And that was based on a verse of scripture found in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and I'm going to read it to you as it comes up on the screen. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now some translations have, so we live by faith and not by sight. So as we did this series on Bible characters, we had a look at Bible characters to see areas where they lived by faith, or where they didn't and they relied on their own strength and their own resources and they ignored God. Sometimes some characters did both. They mucked it up sometimes, but they learnt to redirect their thoughts back to God and live by faith. 
Now, many of these characters that we looked at were Old Testament characters. But the interesting thing is that their names, many of their names are mentioned again in the New Testament, some more than once. They were remembered. And as I've been writing up these notes from past, from these past studies I wrote, I've been reflecting on the question, what would I like to be remembered for? What would I like to be remembered for? I mentioned that um, recently I had a heart attack and, and the first night that I was in hospital, I was told how serious it was and uh, that I could have actually died. And so I was faced up with that reality. But during the course of the days in hospital, at, when nurses hand over their shifts to the next group of nurses coming on, I'd be lying there listening to their conversations and often I would hear them say, Oh, she's such a lovely lady. That's all very nice and good. And I said to the Lord, that's nice. But that's not what I be, want to be remembered for. And so that made me keep thinking, Lord, what do I want to be remembered for? And as I've been looking at these notes, I've been asking myself the question, what do I want to be remembered for? So let's have a look now at um, part of the New Testament where these a lot of these people are grouped together and they are remembered for something. Let's have a quick look at this. We're going to turn and it's going to come up on the screen. Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the Hall of, of Faith for many people. Um, let's have a look at this now. Hebrews 11 verses 1 to 6. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer to God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. And by his faith, Abel to still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. Faith translated Enoch from this life and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Now you might have noticed that definition of faith in verse 1. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. I love this definition too that says, faith is believing that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I encourage you to do it. 
But as it continues on, it mentions so many of these Old Testament Bible characters. And as their names are introduced, it says, by faith. By faith, Noah. Explains what he did. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. Rahab, Gideon, Samson, Moses, etc., etc. By faith. This is what they were remembered for. And you know what? Later on in verse 13, it actually says they were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Now, did they all live perfect lives of faith? No. No way. We know from the stories of some of them that they had their weaknesses, they had their faults, they had their failures. At times in their lives, they walked by sight. They relied on, on their own insights. They relied on their own strength. They did what they thought was best. But they remembered in this chapter for being people of faith. Because see, God saw their faith. He saw their faith even though most of them never actually did see the end result of their faith. He saw their hearts of faith. And I was thinking, you know, I know what I'd like to be remembered as. I'd like to be remembered by being a person of faith, a person who lives by faith. So the question is, as I was reflecting over the recent weeks is, how do we live by faith? How do we walk by faith and not by sight? You know, the Apostle Paul in his letters is continually addressing these issues as he encourages different churches. And I want to go back now to just a ver to 2 Corinthians, but I'm going to go back to 2 Corinthians 4 and a verse that comes just before the one I read out to you earlier. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 and 18. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Paul has been encouraging his the church at Corinth to focus on the things that are not around them that are seen but on the unseen truths. He's calling them to refocus and they were very much in need of refocusing. They similarly had many opinions going around. They had many troubles within the church. They needed to refocus on truth and they needed to refocus on love, learning to love one another. And so Paul is addressing this. And then in the next chapters, I doubt before, he says, we live by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. He was encouraging them to recognise the fact that within them they had this most incredible hidden treasure. The life of Christ within them, the unseen. And that unseen life of Christ within them would enable them to live 
enable them to walk, enable them to have hope for the future, enable them to reveal the glory of God in their midst. That was the unseen in the midst of what was seen. You know, it's so easy to get distracted, just like the Corinthian church with all these opinions going around, with all these things happening in their lives. We too can so easily get distracted. There's so many things happening. It's so easy to become fearful. It's so easy to become confused. It's so easy to lack hope. These things are real issues in our day. We can get distracted and fix our eyes on the things that we keep getting bombarded with that we can see. We can see statistics. We can see things. We can hear things. It's often harder to focus on that which is unseen, the life of Christ within us, who God is, who he has called us to be, who we are as his child, how he wants us to live. So the challenge that I was thinking about as to us as believers is, do we know our God? Do we know what he says in his word about himself? Do we know what he says in his word about us? How much do we read the Bible? How good are we at sharing the Bible? Do we pray the Bible? Do we listen to songs that increase our faith? Do we ask the Lord to deepen our faith? These are all challenging questions. And again, as I've been reflecting on these challenging things, I've come up with some things that I found are practical helps for me, and I just want to share them with you. I encourage you to find passages of scripture that strengthen your faith. Now, I know some of you already have some of those passages of scripture that, that already you may even know off by heart. Find them, write them out, put them where you're going to see them, even if it's on the back of the toilet door or on the fridge door, but have these passages of scripture. But there's another thing that I find helpful and I call them my faith statements. They're my faith declarations. They're when the rubber hits the road reactions to life. And these have come out of not just the recent events. These have come out of years of my journeying with God through life circumstances. They've come out of um, personal tragedy with the my son dying. They've come out of ministry challenges. They've come out of uh, two different bouts of cancer. They've come out of, as I, as I said before, a recent heart attack. They've come out of just doing life. But at these darkest moments, I've recognized that there are three things that I declare. And I find it particularly helpful to declare them when I don't have the emotional energy to go finding things in the Bible, nor it's in the middle of the night and I don't really want to get up, but this is what I declare. I say to the Lord, Lord, you are God. You are good and you are faithful. And those three declarations are what I continually speak out. I speak them out. Lord, you are God. You are good. You are faithful. And they've personally helped me through, through, through the years. I encourage you to find your own faith statements. 
and they will most likely varying, vary according to your circumstances. Find your faith verses, verses that will really encourage you in your faith. Find your faith songs, ones that stimulate you. So in concluding, I ask again, how's your walking going? What are you focusing on? Are you focusing what is on the scene, the things that we're being bombarded with daily? It's good to have information and to know, but where's your focus? Are we focusing on those things or are we focusing on the unseen things, the things that are real as Christians, the faith life we have with God? Are you walking by faith? Or are you walking by sight? And that's a constant challenge for me as I react to life's daily situations. You know, just like these Bible characters, we're going to get it wrong. There's going to be some times when we react to situations out of sight. But I'm so thankful that God knows our hearts. He knows where, what we desire. He's a God of forgiveness. And he knows that we really want to walk with him. You know, the world is constantly crying out. Seeing is believing. But no, believing is seeing. That helps us get our perspective when we believe who God is, who we are as his children. It really helps us to be able to walk each day. You know, I'm, I was reflecting also on the fact that it is only the next chapter in Hebrews, in chapter 12, that the writer of Hebrews talks about, so let us fix our eyes upon Jesus. In verse number 2 of Hebrews 12. So let's pray together. Let's pray. Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your character never changes. Your promises remain true. Your constant desire in all the things that happen in our lives is that you become more like Jesus. We get so easily distracted, Lord. We lose our focus. And we know that the enemy is always wanting us to look to other things and not to Jesus. He would want us to look at things of the world, to focus on things of the flesh rather than look to you. So we ask for your strength. Strengthen us, Lord, to recognise the attacks of the enemy, to recognise what you want us to do and say and how to live. Lord, would you deepen our faith Help us to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the author, the perfecter of our faith, so that we may live lives that glorify you, that honour you. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.